together, 522. I'm so glad Jesus lifted me. I'm so glad Jesus lifted me. I'm so glad Jesus lifted me. Singing glory, hallelujah. Jesus lifted me. I was sinking down and Jesus lifted me. I was sinking down and Jesus lifted me. I was sinking down. lifted me. Satan had me bound and Jesus lifted me. Satan had me bound and Jesus lifted me. Satan had me bound but Jesus lifted me. Singing glory hallelujah. Jesus lifted me. I'm so glad. everyone. Are you glad Jesus lifted you? Yes. Amen. I'm glad Jesus, uh, yeah, I'm glad for a lot of things that Jesus did, huh? Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much for sacrificing yourself and your son, Jesus Christ. It is in his name that we come before you today, rejoicing in you, worshiping you in spirit and truth. Lord God, we just pray that you'll be blessed by this service, by our, our worship of you, and Father, that you'll bless us. And we'll thank you every day in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Remain standing if you're able and look right across the page at 521. 521, you'll see a new name in glory. We don't sing this very much, so we're going to see if we can do it justice this morning, okay? Oh 
Since Jesus came into my heart, it's 503. 503, since Jesus came into my heart.
one in our lives, Lord, your word, your spirit. Father, help us to do that. And Lord God, we'll pray that you'll receive the glory and we'll receive the edification. We thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. In it, so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's good to see uh, so many of you back. Um, it's good to know that we've been uh, decreed essential instead of non-essential. Hey, I um, want to make a couple of quick announcements to you. Um, Woman's Bible Study is the first and third Saturday 
at 10 o'clock, and um, they just had one this Saturday, so it won't be next Saturday. The 20th. Okay, thank you. Um, there's a board meeting today at 1230. Uh, so board members, if you would um, just take some time to to meet with us and anybody else that is interested in meeting can, can do that because uh, our board meetings are open. Um, let's see what else we got here. Wednesday night Bible study. We are currently in the book of Genesis and we're going to be in chapter 17, I think, or 18, one of the two. You're going to miss, if you don't, if you don't come, you're going to miss Sodom and Gomorrah. You need to at least get, you at least need, need to get Sodom and Gomorrah down, you know, so uh, any other announcements before we continue? Well, let's take our offering then, shall we? Let's pray. So, Father in heaven, Lord God, we pray that you will bless this offering to your glory and to the good of this community. Lord, we pray for our country and ask that you please send a great conviction and revival to us. Help our president and all of our elected officials to do your will. We pray for our servicemen and women, that you'll protect them and bring them home and grant them Christian fellowship wherever they're at. And Father God in heaven, we just ask that you'll bless all of the church services around the world that are speaking your truth by means of your Holy Spirit. Father, we just ask that your will be made known and that your word be made known in this world. Pour out your Holy Spirit without measure, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.
You know, I feel like, yeah. Hey, let's let's sing that, shall we? How great thou art. Let's, uh, that's just just too pretty not to pass up, isn't it? Okay, lead us off. What's the? tribulations, the things that we see that are wrong, we know that you are great. You always have been, you are, and you always will be. Lord, bless your word today to us and um, help us to understand it. Help us to take it to heart. We promise to give you the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Wasn't that pretty? Man. You know, when... Uh, <laughs> when... Uh, when John told me about this little piano, and I went down and looked at it, I said, no, we're not going to buy that. It's a toy. <laughs> and it looks like a little toy, doesn't it? But it sounds so, so good. It's just amazing how you can get such a, yeah. That's because what? Is that because, oh, there we go. There you go. That's right. Well, certainly want to welcome all of you to, um, to our service this morning. Um, I started entitling the messages because we're recording everything electronically now for folks that don't make it or can't make it or whatever. And so I entitled this message this morning, Is the USA or the United States of America at a pivot point today? Are we at a pivot point today? And I really believe the answer is yes. Um, so let me read some things to you and we'll study it and I, I hope and pray that you'll uh, be blessed. In Psalm 33, uh, starting at verse 12, you don't have to turn there if you don't want to. You're welcome to though. Here's what it says. Psalm 33, starting at verse 12. It says, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. The people he chose for his inheritance. From heaven, the Lord looks down and sees all mankind. From his dwelling place, he watches all who live on the earth. He who forms the hearts of all, who considers everything they do. No king is saved by the size of his army. No warrior escapes by his great strength. A horse is a vain hope for deliverance, 
Despite all its great strength, it cannot save. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those whose hope is in his unfailing love. Today, 2020, the divine establishment principles of God are under attack. Okay? We see free will under attack by political correctness. We see marriage under attack by forms of perversion. We see family under attack by the amazing divorce rate we have in our country. And sadly to say, the Christian divorce rate is almost exactly the same as the worldly divorce rate. And of course, nationalism, pride in your nation, is under attack by the globalists. Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20 says this, and you don't have to turn there. Listen to this. This is, this is absolutely astounding. It says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. That is happening today. You know, we need to understand, Jesus told us, to watch out. Jesus told us to be on our guard. He told us to be aware of what's going on in the world and in our churches. In the last, in this last year, 2020, we have seen churches deemed non-essential. We've seen rioters cheered. We've seen reverse racism. We've seen the release of criminals out of jails and the jailing of good people. We've seen character assassination, corrupt media. Now we have a movement underway to defund police departments. Can you imagine if that happened? Everybody had better head for the hills if that happens. Wouldn't want to live in a big city, that's for sure. Good is being punished, and things that are good are being called evil, and things that are evil are being called good. Not only by your man on the street, but this is happening in high levels of government. Now... Let me read to you out of Romans. You're welcome to turn there, Romans chapter 1. And we'll be in Romans 1, but we'll also divert into another book that I will bet many of us have not studied before. Romans chapter 1, and I'm going to start in verse 16. Okay? Here's what it says. Paul's writing to the church at Rome young church, and at this point in time, Rome was being ruled, the Roman Empire was being ruled by Caesar Nero. Caesar Nero was as insane as a person can get. I mean, he killed his own mother, he killed his own family because he, he thought they were conspiring against him. He set Rome on fire and blamed the Christians. I mean, this guy was cuckoo in the cabana. And uh, here's what Paul said 
to the Romans in verse 16, chapter 1. I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. First for the Jew, because that's who it was first offered to, then for the Gentile. For in the gospel, okay, contained in the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed. A righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Now, we are not righteous because of our own goodness. None of us are righteousness. In fact, it says in the Bible that all of our righteousness is like filthy rags to God. And I won't explain what filthy rags are, but it's nasty. Okay? And Paul says that uh, the righteous will live by faith. He quotes the book of Habakkuk, which is a hard name to uh, pronounce. I'm going to call him Hab from now on, okay? So as long as you know who Hab is, you'll be fine. So if you want to turn to the book of Hab, all right, it's in the Old Testament and it's not far from the end. Uh, it's in the uh, it's in the section that we know as the um, minor prophets. It's on page eight fifty nine in your Bible. Okay, at least it is in my Bible. Anyway, Habakkuk. This guy was very interesting um, because he faced similar problems that we're facing today. Now, he writes this about 700 years before Paul wrote Romans, all right? And this, the scene around his writing is this. In 930 B.C., the nation of Israel split into two nations, the northern nation, which was called Israel, and the southern nation, which was called Judah. And they split because they were having civil wars, there was idolatry, uh, there was high taxation. There was a number of different reasons why they split, but they split. What does the Bible say? A house divided against itself cannot stand. A church divided against itself cannot stand. A nation divided against itself cannot stand. Is the United States of America divided against itself right now? Yes. Pretty much, isn't it? I mean, we're seeing some real divisions in our, and some stark divisions. I mean, these aren't like, you know, minor talking points. These are some big, big talking points that we're seeing. So what happened to the nations, okay, of Israel? Israel splits. And in 722 B.C., the northern kingdom of Israel was conquered by the Assyrians. They were a very vicious and mean people. And God allowed that nation to be conquered because of their ungodly behavior. In uh, 570, or 586, the southern nation of Judah was conquered by the Babylonians. The Assyrian kingdom at its 
point in time was a considered a world kingdom, a world power. And the Babylonians, of course, under Nebuchadnezzar, was considered a world power also. The Babylonians came in approximately 30 years after Habakkuk wrote his oracle and they conquered the nation of Judah. So what we're going to see when we study this book is Hab was very worried. He was concerned. He was fearful because he saw in his nation a lot of what we're seeing in our nation today. Let's read the story. In chapter 1, verse 1, it says here, the oracle that Hab the prophet received. He complains. He questions or presents a question to the Lord. Here's his question. How long, O Lord, must I call for help? But you do not listen. Or cry out to you violence, but you do not save. Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrong? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. Therefore, he says, the law or the word of God is paralyzed. And justice never prevails, or so it seemed. The wicked hem in the righteous so that justice is perverted. So in this time, we see that the nation of Judah, as was before him in the nation of Israel, they faced the same problems. Believers were being persecuted. Violence was being glorified. There was civil war. There was idol worship. There was racism. There was many kinds of perversions, including sexual perversion. It was a terrible time, and, and Hab writes, or he, he writes it down, he, he, he asks God these questions, why, Lord, why are you allowing this to happen? Why is this happening? Why aren't you doing something about it, Lord? And so we could look at this and ask ourselves, is this a legitimate, is, is, is Habakkuk being, um, uh, is he being, um, disrespectful to the Lord. I don't think he is. I think, I mean, have you, okay, today, in our country today, have you thought about why are these things happening? Why, why does God allow this evil to prosper? Why do the wicked people seem to prosper? And oftentimes, the, the, the believers or the righteous people or the good people, they seem to suffer, I mean, we have Christians today that are suffering in countries because they cannot worship God openly. Take this coronavirus. It has not only shut down non-Christian businesses, but there have been many Christians that their businesses have been destroyed because of it. And, you know, Christians suffer under the same uh, hand oftentimes as do non-Christians. What does the Bible say? The Lord sends rain on the just and the unjust, doesn't he? So this is, this is Hab's dilemma, is that he is writing this book, he was sour and fearful, 
And we're going to see that he's going to end up having his prayer answered. One of the things that we need to understand, and I want you to relate this to our world, our situation today, okay? When, excuse me, when disaster strikes, we need to turn to and focus on God. We need to turn to and focus on God. Why? The government is not going to get us out of this mess. The president isn't going to get us out of this mess. Nobody is going to get us out of this mess except God. God's in control of everything. Let me read, and you can keep your, keep your page here if you want to, because you'll never find it again. Uh, okay, to Deuteronomy. I'm going to be in Deuteronomy, and I'm only going to be there for a couple of minutes, so you're welcome to turn there if you want to. But listen to what Deuteronomy 30, okay, verses, or 31, excuse me, verses 1 to 8 says. Moses is getting old. He's 120 years old, and he's got to pass the torch, and Joshua is God's man to pass the torch to. And here's what Deuteronomy 31 says. Then Moses went out and spoke these words to all Israel. I am now 120 years old, and I am no longer able to lead you. Well, sometimes I feel like Moses. But I'm not 120 yet, okay? The Lord has said to me, you shall not cross the Jordan, and Moses didn't. The Lord your God himself will cross over ahead of you. He will destroy these nations before you, and you will take possession of their land. Joshua will also cross over ahead of you, as the Lord has said. And the Lord will do to them what he did to Sihon and Og, the kings of the Amorites whom he destroyed along with their land. I've heard people say, well, you know, that doesn't seem very fair. That doesn't seem like God is a God of love that, you know, he destroyed all these nations, all these peoples, so just so the Jews could have the land. But what they don't understand, what these people don't understand is the wickedness of those nations. It was absolutely terrible. They were worshiping uh, Baal, the god Baal, and they were worshiping other gods, one of whom was the god of fire, and what he demanded is he demanded that children be put on the altar alive and burned alive. Now, what kind of a god demands that? How wicked is that? That's just almost as wicked, well, that's probably more wicked, it's at least the same wicked as our abortionists today, killing unborn babies that have absolutely no defensible means at all. Now, so he goes on to say, he says this, the Lord will deliver them to you and you must do to them all that I have commanded you. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you he will never leave you or forsake you. Now listen to me. I'm going to repeat that. I want you to understand he will never leave us or forsake us. No matter what happens in the United States of America, he will never leave us or forsake us. Okay? Now, he goes on. 
Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the presence of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to your forefathers to give them. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. Wow. That's some pretty heavy words, especially when we read about the spies that were sent into the land. And the majority of them came back saying, Oh, no, we can't go in there. Them people are big. They're mean. They're strong. Oh, man. Oh, it's a good land, but uh -uh, I ain't going in there. Mm Mm-mm. Lack of faith. Listen to the argument that God presents to Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 30, the chapter previous to the one I just read. I'm going to be in verse 11. God gives Israel a choice just like he gives us a choice. Okay, He says this, Now what I am commanding you today is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. Got that? What God commands us in this word is not too difficult for us or beyond our reach. He goes on to say, it is not up in heaven so that you have to ask who will ascend to heaven to get it and proclaim it to us so that we may obey it. Nor is it beyond the sea so that you will have to ask who will cross the sea to get it and proclaim it so that we may obey it. He says, no, the word is very near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart so that you may obey it. Now God sets before this choice before the nation of Israel, just like he sets before us a choice. See, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, to keep his commands, decrees, and laws. Then you will live and increase, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. But, now we're going to see the contrast. If your heart turns away and you are not obedient... And if you are drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. This is is so solemn here. Listen to what he goes on to say. He says, This day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you. Youch! That I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice, and hold fast to him, for the Lord is your life. So that's what he says about, or he said to the nation of Israel. Now, Disaster has overtaken many a nation and many a world empire. Disaster overtook the huge empire of Rome, the Grecian empire of Alexander the Great, all of the the Ottoman empire. Disaster 
overtook all of them. If you look in our day, look at Britain or England. England was a purveyor of God's word at one point in time, and now it's, it's almost, almost a powerless nation. If it wasn't for the United States and the pact that we have with them, who knows where they would be. Let's go back to Romans just for a minute. Okay, keep your finger in Habakkuk because we're coming back to you, all right? I'll be in Romans chapter one again. Let's go on and see what Paul says. Now, what I want you to do, all right, is I want you to relate what Paul said almost 2,000 years ago to today. You know, it's pretty amazing if you think about it. A, a message that was given almost 2,000 years ago is just as important and relevant today as it was then. What does that tell you about the human race? Hasn't changed much, has it? It's pretty sad, really. You know, for the evolutionists who believe that man and the world, we're all getting better, okay? We started out in the primordial slime we developed little fins so we could swim around in the water and somehow those fins developed into little legs so that we could walk around on the land. I can keep going if you want me to. You okay with that? Okay. Yeah, and, and boom, all of a sudden, 40,000 billion years later, I want to know how they figured that out. Boom, there's man. Wow. Wow. That's amazing, isn't it? Listen to what Romans says. So I already read to you, Romans 1.16, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the sal salvation of everyone who believes, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. For in the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, in other words, from beginning to end, your life from the beginning and your life from the, to the end has to be a life of faith, okay? Just as, as, it, as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Now listen to what he goes on. He changes the tune a little bit. He says the wrath of God, that would be God's anger, is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness, since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. How has God made his divine power and his attributes plain? Look at the creation. The Bible tells us that the creation constantly tells us there is a God, there is a God, there is a God. And he's powerful, and he's imaginative, and he's pure. He's righteous, he's justice. It tells us all about God. You can see God in the nature. So, when somebody comes up to you and says, what about the pygmy that lives in the innermost jungle of New Guinea? 
that's never heard the gospel, they will be judged on what they knew, okay? They will be judged on what they saw and how they related to that as far as God goes. God never, never, God will never leave himself without a witness, okay? Ever, to anybody. Now, we go on. So these people, these godless and wicked people are suppressing the truth. They're declaring churches non-essential. I don't know about you, but I miss going to church. As much as I love all of you, I missed you. I really did. I missed you. You're being very silent up here. <laughs> yeah, well, the video isn't quite the same, is it? I mean, you know, oh, I want to hug that camera, I'll tell you. Have a good day. <laughs> Listen to what Paul goes on to say. He says, because what, has, what is known about God has been made plain to them. For since the creation of the world, you got that? The beginning of time. Since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood from what has been made or what has been created so that men are without excuse. For although they knew God, in other words, they knew God had made it plain that there is a God. They necessarily didn't know him personally, but they, they knew God has put this vacuum in every single uh, person's heart. It entered when Adam sinned. Adam did not have a vacuum in his soul, but when he sinned and broke the communication with God, that vacuum entered, and people want to fill that vacuum with something, Okay whether it be faith, whether it be God, whether it be drink, whether it be whatever. People today are filling that vacuum. He says this. He says, For although they knew or knew of God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Listen to this. Although they claimed to be wise they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal man and birds and animals and reptiles. In the Old Testament, we have a, and I, and I can't tell you exactly where it is, but you can find it. It talks about people making idols. And they whittle them out of wood and, and they fashion them. They go out to the wood pile and they, they grab a stick of wood and they fashion it. And out of the same wood, they grab a piece of wood and put it in the fire so that they can warm themselves. You know what the Bible says, literally? They're stupid. <laughs> they're just plain stupid. That's what the Bible says. I'm serious. In the Hebrews, they're stupid. Think about this. Well, let's see. Let me grab this piece of wood. Oh, let's make a God out of it. And whatever we have left over, we'll burn. Really? That makes sense to you. Okay. Listen to what he says. Therefore, 
Because of this, God gave them over in their sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie. They took the truth of God that God had showed them and said, here, I want to believe a lie. How stupid is that? It says here, and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. He's not done. Paul's not done. I want you to relate this to today. Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lusts. Even their women exchanged natural relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed indecent acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their perversion. In our generation, that due penalty was AIDS. Furthermore, since they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, he gave them over to a depraved mind to do what ought not to be done. If you look up the word depravity, of course, and if you, I like, I like, I like the King James Version better. It says a reprobate mind. A reprobate mind does this. It cannot dis, it gets to the point where it cannot distinguish good from evil. Woe to them who call evil good and good evil. We are now, today, in 2020, living in a depraved world, a reprobate society. Not all of us are reprobate, but boy, there's enough of us that are reprobate to where it may influence the course of our history, our nation's history. He goes on. It says this, Furthermore, boy, this is the knockout punch, okay? Since they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, he gave them over to a depraved mind to do what ought not to be done. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They are senseless, faithless, heartless, and ruthless. You know, when I was watching these riots on television, I, I was shocked, really, in a way, to see young men and women with hoods and masks, beating up, severely beating up citizens who were just trying to protect their businesses. People, and, and we would see, uh, the last one I saw was a woman on her bicycle, and she was riding apparently through an area where they, these rioters were, which was probably her first mistake, right? 
and uh, they were they were they they pushed her off the bicycle. They were they were abusing her and beating her. And this this man came to her aid, and they beat him senselessly. Is this where we're at in our society now? Is this the new normal? One thing is for sure: when things get bad, people's souls come out. Okay. The innermost thing of people's souls come out. And that's what's coming out in these people. Listen to this. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these very things, but also approve of those who practice them. I saw governors, police chiefs, Etc., walking down the streets with protesters upholding their cause. Okay, all right, listen. The fellow that was killed, George, he did not deserve to die that way. I don't think there's anybody that would, in their right mind, that would not agree with that, okay? He didn't deserve that kind of treatment. And the police that gave him that treatment need to be convicted of, at a minimum, manslaughter, all right? But he was committing a crime. He was passing a counterfeit bill. He wasn't a hero, but we making him out to be a hero, okay? He was an ordinary citizen, probably, I'm hoping, passed the counterfeit $20 bill Probably by mistake. Yeah, at the same time, okay, at the same time, he didn't deserve to die like that, okay? Now, let's go back to our buddy Hab, okay? Habakkuk. We're going to finish up with this. I want you to stay with me. I only got another hour to go, okay? No, I'm, I don't really. I'm just kidding, okay? I'm not really... So, in chapter 1, verse 2, Hab says this, How long, O Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? Or cry out to you, violence, but you do not save? Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrong? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. Therefore, the law or the word of God is paralyzed and justice never prevails or so it seems. The wicked hem in the righteous so that justice is perverted. The Lord gives him an answer in verse five. He says this, look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed for I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. Whoa. I got Hab's attention now, don't I? God says. I am raising up the Babylonians, that ruthless and impetuous people who sweep across the whole earth to seize dwelling places not their own. In other words, God is saying, I'm going to use the evil nation of Babylonia to discipline my nation, my people of Judah. 
So he says they're going to come down like the wind. They're going to sweep over the nation and they're going to conquer it. That's what he's telling Habakkuk. In verse 12, Habakkuk asks the Lord again, O Lord, are you not from everlasting? My God, my Holy One, we will not die. In other words, you're not going to totally, utterly destroy us, are you? I mean, there's going to be some that are going to live, right? And the answer to that was, yes, of course there are. O Lord, you have appointed them to execute judgment. O rock, you have ordained them to punish. Your eyes are too pure to look on evil. You cannot tolerate wrong. Why why then do you tolerate the treacherous? Why are you silent while the wicked swallow up those more righteous than yourselves? Than, excuse me, than themselves. What Habakkuk is asking here is, Lord, they're more evil than we are. And you're going to bring them to conquer us? How does that work? Why does that work? And God says, you know what? Everything's in my control. Everything is in my control. So, what does Hab do? Hab says, okay, in chapter 2, verse 1, he says, all right, I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what he, that would be the Lord, will say to me and what answer I am to give to this complaint. So Hab says, listen, I've let you know how I feel, Lord. I'm, I'm in confusion. I'm wondering. I'm distressed. I'm worried about our nation. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to wait and see what the answer to the prayer is. Okay? The Lord's answer. Then the Lord replied, write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and it will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not be delayed. So God says to Habakkuk, I still have trouble with his name, Hab, okay, he says, listen, what you need to do is wait patiently, pray. You need to have faith. You need to believe that I'm in control of history. Yes, I am going to bring this wicked nation to judge my people. Why? We read Deuteronomy. This day choose life. If you choose life, everything's going to be good with you. If you choose to uh, abandon me in your heart, you will be destroyed as a nation. And that is exactly what happened. Exactly to the T. He goes on to say real quick. He says, woe to him. There's five woes here that the Lord um, uh, gives to the nation of Babylon. And what he says about Babylon is this. I'm going to bring him against my nation of Judah, against my people, but Babylon is going to be judged. He says, woe to him who piles up stolen goods and makes himself wealthy by extortion. How long will this go on? In verse 9, he says, Woe to him who builds his realm by unjust gain. In verse 12, he says, Woe to him who builds a city with bloodshed and establishes a town by crime. 
In verse 15, he says, Woe to him who gives drink to his neighbors, pouring it from the wineskins until they are drunk so that he could gaze on their naked bodies. In other words, perversion. He says, The cup from the Lord's right hand is coming around to you, and disgrace will cover your glory. This is speaking of Babylon. He goes on to say, Of, of, of what value, in verse 18, is an idol since a man has carved it? Or an image that teaches lies? For he who makes it trusts in his own creation. He makes idols that cannot speak. Verse 19, another woe and the last woe. He says, woe to him who says to wood, come alive. Or a lifeless stone, wake up. Can it give guidance? It is covered with gold and silver. There is no breath in it. But the Lord is in his holy temple let all the earth be silent before him. So now the attention shifts from the ungodly to God's uh, to to God and his 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 power and his his temple. So Habakkuk or Habakkuk, old Hab, okay, he started this out worried, didn't he? He started this out in distress. I don't want you to raise your hand, but are you distressed about what's happening in our country? It's distressing, isn't it? It is cause for worry. I mean, we've got an election coming up in November, and I'm not going to, re- I'm not going to mention any political parties, but I will tell you this. Choose whichever political party and their agenda goes along best with whatever the word says, okay? Choose that leader, choose that governor, choose that mayor, choose that president, choose that, that, that leader that is going to make decisions on our behalf that will most accompany or most be in tune with what the Bible says. Remember when we first started? God's four divine establishment principles are under attack. Free will, marriage, family, and nationalism. All those things are under attack today. And as Christians, we need to do whatever we can, spiritually, physically, whatever, to repel that attack. So, what happens? Well, old Hab, after all this, is, is, his heart is, is nothing's changed now. In fact, he's got more bad news than what he started with, right? The Babylonians are coming. So in reality, he's, he's kind of in a worse state than he started with, but really not he isn't. He says this, Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds, O Lord. Renew them, the deeds and the fame, in our day. In our time, make them known. In wrath, in your anger, remember mercy. Then he goes on to recall God's track record with 
the Israelites when he brought them out of Egypt, when he brought them through the Red Sea, when he provided them with food, when he provided them with water. He took care of his people even though they were a handful, to say the least. Okay? And he goes on to say, he says in verse chapter 3, verse 13, he says, You came out to deliver your people, to save your anointed one. In verse 18, he says, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. Well, let me, let me finish up with you, okay? Habakkuk waits for God's answer and expl- explanation of the matter. The wicked will not prosper forever. They will be judged. In Isaiah chapter 14, verse 17 to 31. In fact, I want to read it to you. I know we're going a little later. You're not bored, are you? Didn't think so. Okay. Let me read Isaiah chapter 40, verse 17. We'll finish up on on this. Listen to what Isaiah says. This is awesome. He says, Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood since the earth was founded? He, that would be God, sits enthroned above the circle of the earth, and its people are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy and spreads them out like a tent to live in. He brings princes to naught. Reduces the rulers of this world to nothing. No sooner are they planted, no sooner are they sown, no sooner do they take root in the ground than he blows on them and they wither. And a whirlwind sweeps them away like chaff. To whom do you compare me, God says? Or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift your eyes and look to heaven. Who created all these? Who, he who brings out the starry host one by one and calls them each by name. Because of his great power and his mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and complain, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord. My cause is disregarded by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary. And his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Hab's fear turned to faith. His complaints turned to confidence. His burdens turned to blessings. And the pits of despair turned to mountaintops. I'm going to finish with this. 1 John 5, 4 and 5 says this. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our 
We can be undercomers, undercomers, or overcomers, okay? Underachievers or overachievers. We can be fearful like Hab was at the beginning of his oracle, or we can praise the Lord and say, Lord, everything, including my life, is in your hands and under your control. And you know what? I'm not going to let my faith waver one ounce, no matter what the circumstances around me say. Period. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for being in control of this whole dynamic situation. We pray for our country, Lord. We pray for our president. You put him in office. We pray that you'll help him to legislate, that you'll give him wisdom and discretion, understanding and knowledge. We pray for the next president of the United States, whomever that is, that you will work in his life and heart, that, Lord, you'd convict him or her to be a godly person. We pray for all of our governors, senators, congressmen, mayors, anyone and everyone who has a leadership position in this country, that you would convict all of us of your word, all of us of our sins, that you would convict us to do the right thing, Lord, that, Father, you would help us to have great revival in this country, and, Lord, we would ask that that revival would begin right here with us. So, Father in heaven, we praise you and bless you And thank you for everything you're doing. Pray with me, would you? Dear God in heaven, please forgive me for my sins. Please cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Please help me to pray, to believe in you, to study your word, to walk the walk and to be your Christian person. In Jesus' name, amen.